Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Talk Show. I am Mitchell Kaminsky. Joining us today, once again, Patrick Cushman. He is back and really no better week to do it. Uh, we just had the Daytona 500. Uh, there's a lot of Aaron Rodgers drama. Uh, so if you listen to him earlier th this year, before the season with Aaron Rodgers, you realize there's really, you know, there, there's no better person to have on the podcast. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers, Pat. Um, and I actually, I think you... Before you came on the season and you're talking about it, um, you know, I think a lot of people thought you were crazy. And I, I still, you know, the, the Blake Bortles point still, I think, is a head scratcher. But to the most part, I think you hit it right on the head with Aaron Rodgers, how he acts. He always plays the victim. Uh, and I think that's what we saw uh, this year. So what do you make of the uh, recent developments with him, the whole Instagram post? And, and yeah, do you, what do you think his future is in Green Bay? Well, and you know, this is typical Aaron is you never know. I mean, it's, it's less drama, it's less, you know, I don't like Green Bay, but it, it's just cryptic message after cryptic message, and he can say, oh, no, I'm just being grateful for what I have, and, you know, he can play that line all he wants, but at the end of the day, it's Aaron being Aaron, he's, you know, manufacturing drama, um, and he's, it's reminiscent of Brett Favre in, you know, the late or mid-2000s, um, so is he going to stay, is he going to go, I honestly have no idea. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, everyone thought that he was gone last year, and then he ended up staying, and everything went well. Of course, you know, the season ended in a little bit of disappointment, but um, he did end up staying and was happy. Um, so you never know. I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. I don't even think he knows at this point. What do you think the vibe is amongst Packers fans at this point? Is it mostly we would like him back, obviously, franchise quarter, or is it we're kind of done with his antics up to this point? Because I know talking to uh, the Marshall who's a Broncos fan, a lot like a lot of these Broncos fans right now are kind of like, hey, man, like make up your mind already. Like, shit or get off the pot, basically. From a Packers fan standpoint, what are your thoughts on him? I think people want him back. Um, I think his attitude this past year is a lot better. I think he was a lot happier. Um, and I think we saw, you know, I think this was one of the better teams that he's had. Um, and, of course, you know, losing the divisional round the way we did, obviously not ideal, but... Um, I mean, he played phenomenal, you know, down the stretch. We won a lot of games that we shouldn't have because of Aaron. Um, and I think the tidbit of Jordan Love we did see didn't instill a lot of confidence. And the way Aaron played, I mean, he won his fourth MVP. It's hard to say that, you know, after a year like that, that you don't want him back. So I think, you know, without he's not as much complaining as he was last year. So I think most people want him back. Finally, with the Packers, moving forward, what do you see them? I mean, because they do have a lot of free agents. There's a lot of people to decide. So what do you think this team looks like next season? Do you think they can still be a, a viable contender? And mind you, the division's not great. There's two new head coaches coming in. Um, so a lot of uncertainty there. But like, what do you think for the future, the future of the Packers with all these free agents? Uh, what, what do you What are you thinking? Um, I, I envision it um, kind of like what the Saints did in Drew Brees' last um, two years. You know, they're always like negative 70 um, under, over the cap. Um, and then they somehow would always figure out how to get out of it. Um, and they kind of just kicked the can until Drew was done. And then, you know, this year we kind of saw the 
you know, the fallout of that team. And um, I think even next year they're going to regress even more. But I think they're just going to, you know, restructure contracts so that they're very backloaded um, and then probably give it one or two more years. I think Aaron only has one more year. And then he is a free agent. So will they kick the can one or two more years? I don't know. But I think if Aaron decides to stay, I think that's the plan they go and just, you know, restructure contracts to give it one last shot. Yeah, see, that's the thing, too. If I was the Packers right now, because Aaron does have the another year on his deal. So even if he did want to go, I would still be trying. Because while you have Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of like the, the Lakers with like LeBron James. Well, you, it's not many franchise quarterbacks walking around, especially one with the talent of Aaron Rodgers. I'm thinking the last year I have him, I'm trying to make one last Super Bowl run with the, the resources we have. But that's just me. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Now, this weekend, or last weekend, I should say, there's two big events in, in, in the sporting world. One got a lot more attention than the other, and um, the one, I think, was kind of a dud. The one that got more attention than the other one, I, I thought, was kind of a dud. And I'm talking about the Daytona 500 and, and the NBA All-Star Game. And look, I'm not... Uh, I would consider myself more of a casual NASCAR fan. But I will say, the sport has kind of won me over over watching it the past two years or so and, and going to a couple events. It's a fun sport to watch, and I think that Daytona race was phenomenal. And I think you watch the NBA All-Star game, and, you know, Steph Curry's like, all right, it was cool for a little bit. But there's only so much lack of defense and effort that I can watch. It, it wasn't an enjoyable game to watch. I, I thought uh, the Daytona the, the 500 was excellent. What were your takeaways? First, I guess, is that Brad Keselowski fan who was kind of wreaking havoc all over the track all day. What were your thoughts on the Daytona 500? Well, I thought it was a, you know, I thought it was a great race. Um, just, I don't know if you watched any of the pre-race at all, but just the fanfare that they had there. Um, just kind of like a whole day event. Um, and I mean, it was a packed house. The fans were great. Um, so I, it was a great event for NASCAR. It was a huge one for NASCAR. And if you looked at the TV ratings, you know, the Daytona 500 would shoot on Sunday afternoon, you know, you know, beat the NBA All-Star game by a considerable amount, even though the All-Star game's at night. So, um, obviously I think it was a huge success for NASCAR. The race itself I thought was very good. It was entertaining to the last bit. And to see one of, you know, the youngest up-and-coming stars winning the event um, on, you know, that iconic number two team was amazing. You know, obviously my driver, um, you know, had a shot to win at the end, couldn't do it, but obviously it was such an exciting race, you know, throughout. Um, and with that and the success that we had in L.A. Um, a few weeks back, I think that the sport is moving in the right direction. Now, I will say, and you know, I'm not a huge NBA fan, um, but watching that All-Star game, I mean, it was awful. I mean, if a guy, he, and people are saying, oh, that Steph Curry, you know, he was on fire. It's like, well, if you give the best shooter in the NBA history a wide-open three every possession, I would hope that he scores 30 or so points, right? Yeah. I mean, they weren't even playing him tough. It's not like he was hitting contested three crazy shots. They were just letting him shoot. So, yeah, he's going to hit shots. Um, I don't know. The NBA All-Star game to me was very, very bad. Um, even guys like, you could just drive the lane and no one's going to stop you. So I thought it was a very bad event. They need to do something. The dunk contest the night before was pitiful. Yeah. Um, and you do it in a city like Cleveland. I mean, it's on par, honestly, I think, with the NHL All-Star game. It's a gimmick at this point. It's more for the athletes, I think, than it is the fans. Um, but yeah, that's what I thought about it. Um, and of course, you know, the sports media is covering the all-star game and 
you know, LeBron and Michael Jordan shaking hands has gotten more TV time than the entire Daytona 500, which I think is insane. I think a large part of America, um, kind of a middle America, loves NASCAR, or at least are casual watchers like yourself, and it does deserve more media attention, especially on FS1. You know, Fox Sports is a large carrier of NASCAR, and you never hear it on their flagship show. So I think NASCAR is getting a lot of disrespect, and I think that major networks need to recognize the success it's having and um, adapt to that. I, I agree, especially as you mentioned the, the thing. I mean, the the 500 was great. It sold out crowd once again. I, even that event in L.A. at the Coliseum, I know a bunch of friends from back home that were watching it that aren't, you know, normal NASCAR fans. I think that one really well. They've had two really good races so far. And I think a lot of it, too, and I was guilty of this, it, Ken NASCAR kind of carries that stereotype, like, from the South Park. It's for poor and stupid people. But, like, honestly, watching it, it's a, it's a lot more fun than people realize. And I think there's a lot more nuance that goes into it than people realize. It, it really is more than just a bunch of left turns with rednecks. I, it's, it, it's a fun sport, and I think there's a lot of different personalities in it and you know i i would like to see it get a little bit more attention especially after a race, a race like that i was on the edge of my seat through the whole thing i didn't really have like you know a major rooting interest in anyone but I, it was uh it was a thrilling uh finish there so uh we'll, we'll see how it goes moving forward do you like as the first major race of the year who do you like going forward is the favorite i guess for the cup uh, championship whose cars look good who who does not well, it's hard to say because, you know, the class race, um, it's, you know, the first time we've ever run at a track, you know, that short. You don't know if guys are bringing, you know, their best cars. Um, you know, my guy Brad Keselowski and his teammate, they were had like lawnmower engines at that race yeah. in LA. And then suddenly they were leading laps in Daytona. And Daytona's different too because it's all pack racing. So it's kind of all aerodynamic. You don't necessarily have to have the fastest car. Um, and so this, I think they're going back to California, right to LA, right in your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, well, probably 30 minutes away, but this will be, I think the truest test because, you know, there's going to be more spaced out racing. It's going to be, you know, two mile track, um, more of a traditional racing, um, style. There's going to be a lot of tire strategy. Um, but the Fords look good. I mean, Joey Logano, um, dominated in LA. The Fords absolutely dominated in Daytona. I mean, they were unbelievably fast. They were at the front of the pack the entire time. Um, and I, I honestly think um, a guy like Joey Logano um, is going to contend. Um, if he's given a fast race car, I think he's one of the most talented race car drivers out there. Um, I think the Toyotas have looked good. Honestly, the Chevys, despite dominating last year, haven't looked good. But, you know, Kyle Larson will always be... Um, in the hunt, Chase Elliott will always be in the hunt. So it's going to be interesting to see. I still think it's too early to call it, um, but so far, so far, I think the Fords have the better chance. Uh, I want to shift to this. We're both baseball guys, uh, White Sox fans through and through, and I think with the lockout that they've had, and I wrote a column about this the other day. I think baseball slowly fading into irrelevance like it's getting to the point where it's going to become nhl style popularity in a couple of years and you look at the times that baseball's gotten headlines the past couple of years or so it was once for a cheating scandal where they got national attention and then uh they got it for botching the covid the 2020 season missing games there it was a shortened 60 game season and that whole train wreck they got it for botching the hall of fame vote 
with Bear, not voting Barry Bonds and Kurt Schilling in. Uh, and now they're getting it because they can't come to an agreement and they're probably going to miss regular season games. So every time they do get in the headlines, it's always something negative. The sport's very regional. So, you know, as a white, like, you know, if you're a Rockies fan, you're going to be watching your team. But like Sunday night baseball, no one's sitting down to watch that. Where the NFL is, you know, you can get two out of market teams and you'll sit down on a Monday night and watch two teams you have no rooting interest in. The stars of the sport, you know, LeBron James, NBA, you know, global superstars where Mike Trout could walk into a supermarket. No one could recognize him. I, I'm worried for the game of baseball. I think it is dying. And I think this the labor dispute, which almost, by the way, in 1994, when they had a strike, the last lockout they had, uh, it almost killed the sport before a bunch of roided up guys saved it. So I'm I'm very concerned about the future sport, especially they miss regular season games over money issues right now. Uh, I'm just, what are your thoughts on the whole lockout situation and the uh, CBA agreement? Or lack thereof. I do agree with you that it is, you know, there are concerns. Now, I don't think it'll be, you know, in a few years' time. Um, But I have heard the comparison that it's going to be like almost like a golf. Or actually, I mean, we were talking about NASCAR. It's going to be like NASCAR. Um, You know, and some, like in North Carolina and Florida, NASCAR is huge. And I still think that baseball is going to be huge in cities like Boston and New York. I don't think, you know, the New York Yankees are going to be struggling for attendance in a few years. But, you know, teams like, you know, the Minnesota Twins, you know, teams like the Detroit Tigers who, you know, don't have the success on the field, um, you know, teams like the Texas Rangers who don't necessarily have, you know, this illustrious history, you know, those are teams that are going to struggle. Um, teams like the Arizona Diamondbacks are already, we've already seen smaller market teams really struggling. Um now, winning does bring in fans. We've seen that with the White Sox. The White Sox, when we were going three, four years ago, we could get in for $7 and sit wherever we wanted. You know, last year, that was different, right? So winning does, you know, bring success, but there's only so many teams that can win. Um, and if winning brings money, you know, there's going to be less parity in the league. There already is, you know, not as much parity as there is, you know, in, say, football where you're, you can be a few You'd be the worst team, and then like the Bengals, you know they were you know the worst team two years ago. They were awful last year, and then they played in the Super Bowl. So it's hard to build a team. It's hard to be a superstar. You know the world's changing to more. We're not looking at teams; we're looking at stars. Um, and it's harder for that to be in baseball because in baseball, even if you're Mike Trout, there's only so much you can do. Um, you go to bat four times and you get two hits, and that's a good day for you. Where in reality. You know, two hits in the entire ball game. You know, right? That's not right. You're not necessarily the biggest player. Whereas, you know, if you're LeBron James and score forty, you know, you've done a huge contribution. You know, um, so the contribution by stars is a little bit lower, and I think that hurts it. Um, and I think attendance is a major issue. Um, you know, I think attendance has been down. I don't know about this past year, but I know before COVID, it had been going down. And I think like teams, you know, that aren't winning, that are rebuilding, that are in smaller markets are really struggling. You know, obviously Miami and Arizona, you know, they've had their issues. Everyone knows about that. But even teams like, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates, who, you know, when they were successful in the early 2010s, had a great fan base. Even they are struggling right now to sell seats. Um, so will it become a regional game? I think so. I think it could become to the point of like an NHL or a NASCAR to where, you know, the big markets are big into it, but otherwise it's kind of just like a niche fan here and there. Yeah, and I think another factor too with the attendance, especially in today's game, 
fewer balls are being put in play. Like we had Charlie Steiner, who who used to work for ESPN. He's now the radio uh, play-by-play guy for for the Dodgers out here, and he he was telling us that um, even he finds the game kind of boring now because most of the outcomes are either strikeout or home run or a walk. It's kind of become a three outcome game and with launch angles and analytics and everything. So the ball is never put in play. And I would argue the most exciting play in baseball is not a home run. It's like a triple or something where you're seeing guys running the bases and people have to field it. Like it, we have fewer of that now and it's a lot of standing around. So I also think that plays a big role in people not wanting to watch because the games are longer and there's fewer action throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I would say, like you were saying, like if it's first and second and you're down one run and a guy hits the ball in the gap and you're watching that guy go from first all the way to the plate and you're watching that outfielder, that's exciting. You know, obviously home runs, um, you know, are exciting too in big moments. I'm mm-hmm. not downplaying that. But it's I'd rather see that than a solo shot in the second inning to make it two to one. Right. right. Or to make it too, you know, I mean, there isn't as much, um, to it. Um, even making plays in the field, um, ground balls, you gotta make a play. There's at least something. Mm-hmm. It's not just strikeouts. And, you know, watching a dominant pitching performance, you know, is one thing. But when, uh, you know, a guy like, um, I don't know, an average starter is averaging, you know, 10 strikeouts a game, it, it, it kind of, diminishes, you know, the achievements of having a 10-strikeout game. Um, and, you know, you have a runner on second, you're down one late in the game, and you have a guy, you, you have a guy walk. You know, I mean, who cares if you walk? You have a guy at second base. But, you know, with analytics, it doesn't, you know, that's the same thing. So, you know, I think analytics are, I think, and I, I've always held this view that from a macro perspective, analytics are good. I think they bring players in that, um, would otherwise be kind of dismissed, but now it's gotten so like, like in every situation you have to look at the, um, the analytics, the science, the math, and I don't like it. I really don't. Um, obviously I'll still watch it because I'm a diehard. I know you'll watch it because you're a diehard, but you know, there's less and less casual fans. Yeah. I will. We'll see. I'm just hoping we get a, a full 162 game season, but it does not look like it. It's already February 24th. They said if they don't come to agreement by the 28th, they will likely miss regular season games, and I do not see the two sides coming to an agreement by then. It's almost been like the two. They're almost dug into their trenches, just lobbing grenades at each other. There's been really no movement on that thing at all. So sad to see. Uh, finally, one new story. I'm gonna oh, you. go for it. Um, and this, I don't know if it was confirmed, but it was released that MLB was putting in juiced balls last year for like the big games, like the Field of Dreams game, Sunday Night Baseball, and they were using regular balls for just, you know, Tigers versus Twins. Um, and that kind of plays in a role of like, are you, do you even have the integrity of the game? You know, you say, oh, these steroid guys aren't good, but then you're putting in juiced balls in some games to manufacture drama. Um, and that also too, I don't know if it made headlines cause I don't know if it's totally confirmed, but just another thing where it's like baseball cannot Boy. do anything good. You if know? that is true, which by the way, it wouldn't surprise me. I haven't heard it yet. I'm going to look into it after we get off here, but like, it would not surprise me at all. Especially you watch that fuel, the dreams game, like balls were flying out of the yard at like an absurd Anderson home run. I off the bat, I did not think that was 
No, like Sebi Savala was hitting home runs in that game. So it's, yeah, I mean, even Jose, yeah, I I don't know. They were, now that you mentioned, they were flying out at a high rate. So, especially um, even when Hendricks blew the save, I mean, that, I thought it was a deep hit fly ball, but I didn't think it was carrying all the way out. Yeah. I I didn't think it was a 420 foot moonshot. Boy, if that's true, they're going to have. Well, it's a shame they had a great postseason. Major League Baseball yeah. had a great postseason full of even the Sox Astros, where it wasn't necessarily close. Like you were so glued to the TV in some of those games. Yeah, I mean, Game Three was an excellent game, full of drama, and even just you know, so the the storylines that came with it. You had Ryan Tapera calling out the Astros for cheating, and then the Dusty Baker. Larusa scuffle. Uh, and, you know, I thought the wild card game was very good with the walk off home run with Chris Taylor against the Cardinals. Um, the Giants Dodgers series was actually, you're right. No, it wasn't. It was a very good postseason. I thought the World Series was very good as well. And, um, that would stink if it kind of got undermined with the integrity there. But like I said, I, that wouldn't, that sounds right on par with something ML, the MLB would do. Um, finally, before we let you go here, you know, you have your, uh, you used to have your segment, the Minor Sports Minute. I'm curious if you followed the, uh, USFL draft at all. If there's any teams you like in there. Personally, I'm rooting for Clayton Thorsten. I know he got drafted, I think it was to Houston, the former, uh, Wheaton North alumni who went to the Northwestern. So, uh, I will be rooting for him. I don't know. Do you have a team? Did you follow it at all? Um, or not? I mean, actually not going to be watching the USFL. I'm sticking with the XFL. I'm going to wait another year. And I don't know if you saw about the USFL, but they're doing like a bubble. Really? Birmingham, Alabama. So they're not even like having home and away games. It's all in like a bubble. Nah. So I think it's going to, I think this is another failed um, league. I don't think there's as much hype as we saw as the XFL. Um, And the XFL and the NFL made a deal the other day to implement some new um, safety procedures and kind of use the XFL as the um, petri dish um, for the NFL for that. So I'm waiting for the Rock. Um, I'm waiting for the St. Louis Battlehawks to come back um, next year. No, no USFL for me. Yeah, I, honestly, I didn't even. The, well, the XFL was funny because when that came out, I didn't intend on watching it, and then it kind of sucked me in. I was like, okay, this is actually like a lot better than I thought it would be. Uh, so I, I did like it. I, the USFL, I could go either way. Well, I'd probably be taking time out of my weekends to watch it. No, but if it happens to be on, we'll see. Uh, but I, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it's, you know, I, I would not be surprised if this is out. just hired like Jeff Fisher. Um, who else? Uh, the old uh, A&M coach, Kevin Sumlin, hired. I mean, they had some good coaches for hire um, that got hired, but I just don't like the idea of a bubble and not having fans. To me, like, the only reason why sports are great is because of the fans. Um, and if you're playing in a bubble with no, like, home and away crowd, I think that's what made the XFL great is those fans, you know, you know, they probably just like to get hammered, but at least they were exciting and they made the game so much more better. Um, and the USFL, I just don't think has that hype around it and they don't have the fan bases. I, I completely agree. Well, Pat, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, I will be watching this weekend for the, the next NASCAR race up here in uh, Southern California. So, uh, We'll see. We'll have to get you back on uh, very soon. But thank you for joining us. Of course, anytime. All right. That is Patrick Cushman.
Before we wrap it up here, a couple more little nuggets to discuss, I guess. NBA news. Uh, meanwhile, because we've been in the break. Uh, the Zion Williamson, Williamson uh, development has been very interesting. J.J. Reddick called him out uh, the other day. And if you haven't heard that, I recommend you'll look into it. But it's funny. He's almost, it's, it's nearing the point of bust. And I think a lot of people are speculating, hey, maybe he wants out of uh, um, maybe he wants out of New Orleans, which I think, you know, it's fair. I can understand why Anthony Davis wanted out, too. But if I'm another team, would I risk risk assets trading for him or sign him to a huge deal? I wouldn't. If I was Zion and his agent, if David Griffin offered me a contract extension, I would sign on the dotted line right now, especially if it's anything of significant value, because what's he done in his career? He's been fat, overweight, and injury prone. Why would I want to waste assets signing him? He hasn't proven anything. He hasn't won anything in this league. He hasn't really done anything. He's scored a little bit when he's been healthy, but he's missed over. I mean, come on now. Then you got his counterpart, who was draft number two, John Moran. He's already been in the playoffs. He took Memphis to the playoffs, which I would argue Memphis is a worse basketball situation than New Orleans was. So, you know, I think you'd be careful what you wish for if you're Zion there, because I don't know how big the market would be for his services, especially if I have to give up a bunch of assets. I don't know about that. Do I want some fat, overweight 20-year-old? 20-something-year-old? like No. Who... By the way, the way he's handling leaving, being completely detached, and I, you know, the, the report game, CJ McCollum came over, he didn't even send him a text message. Like, he's just aloof, too. Like, even if you want out, I think you're going to have to play with him at some point. What type of locker room chemistry are you setting up there? And the fact that J.J. Redick, who went to Duke, played with him in D- New Orleans, and was calling him out, that, that says something. That says something. I, I'm concerned right there. there there's a little bit of a character flaw, too. Can't even, I mean, that's that's common courtesy. New teammate, you text him. At the very least. Hasn't even talked to him yet, though. I don't know. Uh, and it's not like they're not trying. Like, I think he comes back. Like, there's some solid pieces there. Like, CJ McCollum's a good player. Ingram's a good player. Hart can shoot. It's not like it's all scrubs there. Not all hope is lost, but you get his eye on back. And yeah, I think that's an interesting roster. You know, you, you can sneak into the playoffs with that team. Now, we, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, there's other news, too, which I think is ridiculous. The LeBron's upset with the Lakers, and, um, you know, because they, they didn't make a move for John Wall at the deadline. Oh, boo-hoo. We didn't get who we wanted you know, after we ruined the roster initially. I mean, give me a break. Now, I can understand why Rob Palenka, he's, he made a mistake by coming out and saying, like, yes, me, Anthony Davis, and LeBron, we're all on the same page. Like, why would you say that? Especially if it's not true. Like, why are you making that up? You were just asking for, you're asking for problems there. Like, that was a boneheaded decision. I don't understand. But, you know, it, this goes in two prongs, and I understand where LeBron's coming from here. I, I think, you know, the fact that he, he messed up the roster, and I think Rob Lincoln knows, look, he's going to leave in a couple years. I want to have some sort of future. I'm not selling off all my first-round picks. You know, I've already invested a lot. You created this mess. To help us get out of it. So I can understand his perspective. And I also, you know, this is also the side we can understand where LeBron's coming from, too. It's like, I only got so many years left. And you have me on your team. You're a championship contender. 
So capitalize on the window. I would be selling all assets. Like you go, you go back to Cleveland, and they took him a while to rebuild things there once he left. But like, would you take away? I mean, despite all the the mess he left when he after LeBron left for the second time, are you gonna take away that championship they won? Like, no, you would you wouldn't do that. It's what you put up with when you got LeBron on your team. So I'm hearing some reports. They're like, hey, you know, we should. Uh, like, there's people not reports, but people are suggesting, even on the radio, local radio out here. You know, like, hey, wouldn't be the worst thing to trade LeBron right now and see what we can get back more? I think that's just idiotic. Especially because he's got years on his contract left still. I think he's got two years remaining, so he's not going anywhere. Can't opt out like he has the other ones. So I think when you got him, you know, you reload during the offseason because there's only... Because when you got LeBron, and you, you really haven't maximized his full value either. Because what do you get the most money from? It's home playoff games. Which will get you in the playoffs. Even this year, they're going to be in the playing game. That's only you're going to get a home playoff game. You win that, you play the Warriors for seven game series, you get some home playoff games. But they haven't really had any because last year they only had you know they had a short one against Phoenix, and 2020 season it was in the bubble, and the first year they missed the playoffs. So they haven't really been able to max out on the Bronx. So I think when you have him in your franchise and he's generating all that revenue for you, you're, gonna, you're keeping, you're hanging on, you're not trading him anywhere. You're not trading LeBron James anymore. I think it's ridiculous, especially the fact that he's he's still putting up monster numbers. I think he likes LA. He doesn't want to leave. So people suggesting that I think it's a ridiculous notion to trade LeBron. I I don't I don't see it. Where are you going to trade him to? Too. You're also banking on the fact that another team wants him. Who's going to trade major assets for him right now? Where he's going to want to go? I mean, I, I, I don't see it. Everyone was like saying, like, Cleveland. Who's going to say Cleveland would want him right now? I, I wouldn't trade him. But uh, that, that's just me. I mean, Anthony Davis is someone you, you might look at shopping. But it's offseason. They're going to have to do some soul searching and build something around there. But I, I think I'm at the point where, at this point in the season, like this is the team you got. You help put it together. Figure it out. So, we'll see how uh, that goes. And, yeah. Baseball, man, I'm worried. I am worried about it. We shall see. That's all we have for you. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Oh, big news before we let you go. Huge announcement. I cannot believe we forgot about this. Uh, the Dormer Dispute Podcast will be joining Belly Up Sports Network. We're part of the Belly Up family now, uh, which we are very excited about. They do awesome work over there. Make sure you follow. They got, they got their own live TV uh, network. They got a ton of great articles on there. Um, and they have their own podcast network. So we are now part of their podcast network. Starting in March, we'll be ramping that up. But make sure, you, if you're not following them already, make sure you give them a follow. Tons of great uh content on there i was just a guest too on man hour uh the man hour sports show uh which uh, i had a blast doing we shot that earlier this week so that should be coming out soon so make sure you check them out as well uh but yeah very exciting part of the you know belly up sports network now so uh thank you to belly up for letting us be a part of it and uh if you're not like i said if you're not following them get on board because the there's some great stuff happening over there. All right, that's all we have for you. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your week.